Welcome to this week's episode of the Integra Podcast, where we discuss everything from wisdom to wellness to woo. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome to the Integra Podcast, where we talk about everything wisdom, wellness, and woo. Welcome back, um, Stephanie McGurk, uh, Dr. Stephanie McGurk over the past two decades has studied women's health, Chinese medicine, and martial arts in the U.S. as well as China. She has grown a thriving private practice and worked as the staff acupuncturist at Kansas University Hospital's Integrative Health Department while raising two incredible humans. Her passion has been helping thousands of people heal their stressed nervous systems and tap into their own body's healing abilities to experience higher levels of life satisfaction. Her workbook, written in 2018, Totem Companions, Mastering the Archetypes and the Five Elements Within You, is available on Amazon Books. This workbook and coaching system was born out of her own healing journey and desire to facilitate those who wanted more information about spiritual wisdom contained within their own life story. It's her take on the hero's journey, tracing the five elements of Chinese medicine. And that's really today what we want to talk about is spiritual awakening and how we all um, experience it and Mm -hmm. our own individual experiences. So welcome back, Stephanie. I'm so glad you're back on here again. Yes, I'm so happy to um, have a chance to chat with you about um, all things wellness and woo. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you got some wisdom in there too. Okay. (laughs) definitely there's lots of wisdom um so you know we kind of were talking uh the other day on our Mm -hmm. own about how you know this spiritual awakening that we're seeing in a lot of people around our age you know Mm -hmm. 40s 50s year olds and you know it's kind of in that midlife and I know there are people in their 20s and 30s uh, going through similar things and I think a lot of it is the energetics going on right now Um, but you know we are seeing a lot of our peer group going through these things and um, you're noticing it in your uh, wellness community as well I believe. Right absolutely Um, I think like you said uh, you know, we can have many, we talked about the other day, many spiritual awakenings. Throughout mm-hmm. Our, mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe because I'm going through it and have been and am going through it now and you are too, mm-hmm. that there may, I don't know if it's just me, but I don't feel like I hear quite, I don't hear about this topic per se, but in, uh, there's a lot of things that once you hit a certain age, it's sometimes seems a little irrelevant to, to media. Not to mm-hmm. real people like you and I, but right. Um, it's not necessarily the perspective you see a lot of, especially on social media. Right, so. right. You know, and um, it's it's so true. We it's something that needs to be talked about because I think mm-hmm. we all, even though it is an individual journey that we're all going through, it helps to have a community and have other people you can talk about who are right. going. Oh wow, yeah. 
I had something similar happen to me and I thought I was going crazy and you're right. not, you're not going crazy. It's just mm -hmm. a different level of awareness. I think. Exactly. I feel like, um, there's definitely a lot to be said for, um, knowing that other people have had similar experiences and similar life experiences. Like you and I mm -hmm. were talking about the eighties and the nineties, mm -hmm. um, are, you know, introduction as an, an adult, a young adult, right. Mm -hmm. To, um, some of these concepts that we didn't grow up with that regarding spirituality and metaphysics mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and the question that you, you asked about, um, if, if, what was it exactly the, in your twenties, did you have a, oh yeah. So, yeah. I, so what did you, um, yeah, we were kind of the other day talking about, so people, uh, yeah. for tracking <laughs> purposes, um, we were kind of talking about growing up in the 80s and 90s and how this uh, stuff wasn't really talked about a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But there were some there was a draw towards the more new age side, I think, in the right. 90s. Um, so, you know, was spirituality kind of part of your 20s? Right. I think so. And I think it's I don't know if I was a late bloomer, but I consider my early 20s part of my adolescence. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll say that was my first adolescence and that mid midlife, like maybe 38, 39, 40 was the mm -hmm. start of, I think Jung calls it the second adolescence. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about um, my 20s, I, I think I definitely had more um, active exploration um, reading and mm -hmm. other folks that were interested in um things that I I think I had some innate abilities as a child mm -hmm. but really didn't have the space to explore them right uh -huh. or or I just was so integrated as a child I didn't separate them as something different about me I kind of Mm -hmm. when you're young you kind of think if you grow up a certain way maybe everybody did and then you come to a certain place and you realize mm -hmm. oh, not everyone had those experiences so that's where I was at probably age around around 19 mm -hmm. and I had a um, close family friend I considered him like a cousin because mm -hmm. his and my dad grew up together mm -hmm. and he was a psychic medium and mm -hmm. he, he was a few years older than I um, and he came to live with us for a couple of years, um, not a couple, well, on and off for a couple of years. Right. Uh -huh. And um, so we talked about things that, that, were, that we found out that we were more similar than we thought. Uh huh. Um, and so, you know, we uh, talked about psychic healing and mm. um, Reiki energy and he didn't study Reiki, but he had a gift that he was given when he was very little mm -hmm. at a near-death experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, our family just accepted that as being true, mm -hmm. which again, I guess that wouldn't be the case for every family. But um, I think because of that, I started to listen more to things that I'd always known mm -hmm. um, yeah. and being, being able to see and things like that. And, um, and I think there's probably no 
coincidence that around that time I started seeing spirit and um, would see those that have passed and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things like that. And, um, and because of that, then I would, would be attracted to like literature, like the new age bookstores mm-hmm. and just wanting to be around other people that I could say these things to out loud and I wouldn't know that, okay, we're not, we don't talk about that or that's crazy or that's Mm -hmm. not true or, you know, there's something demonic or something about you Mm -hmm. because you are saying this. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was my first exploration with some friends that, um, I remember I, I met a woman, um, who was also, this is also when I started understanding, like, your vibe attracts your tribe like mm-hmm. th- that's a a real phenomenon yes like, I would just go somewhere and literally just start talking to someone and turns mm-hmm. out they, they were like me mm-hmm. um and so I started trusting that more because it was sort of this un- undeniable thing that kept on happening mm-hmm. um yeah so I definitely you know I I had another friend um who was psychic she was blind and her family also accepted Mm. and you know she would express herself to her family and her close group of friends Mm -hmm. Um, and she she helped me explore some um I'm not sure what it would what she would call it but it was like it was like a game of telephone without using the telephone oh yeah Uh uh-huh she would say like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to start sending you some information at around mm-hmm. like 6 PM and, um, just testing like, you know, what she's, yeah, you're saying. kind of your telepathy or telepathy type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I did kind of get into some woo things back then. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. And, mm-hmm. and then I think I, uh, my practical side was like, okay, well, I knew that I wanted to make a living for myself and how, how was I going to do this? And, mm-hmm. um, started exploring body work and then mm-hmm. that, that sort of took off in its own direction and, um, yeah. schooling and my career and all that. Um, yeah. 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 And but I yeah. Think, yeah. So, Go ahead. Uh, so that was, um, I think I did, did a lot of seeking of like finding, um, different belief systems and mm-hmm. traditions um trying to see some kind of ties within them to mm-hmm. kind of yeah at that time in my adolescence and 20s so yeah and uh, yeah I love that yeah and yeah we we've you and I've talked that we did kind of have that similar uh, spiritual seeking at that time you right. know uh, you know I remember yeah I remember in my 20s um and uh, coming out of college, I kind of took that, uh, you know, I was, I, I kind of got stuck in that 80s thing where I'm going to make myself fit in, even though yes. I knew I, I didn't fit in, right. um, but I'm going to make myself fit in. Um, and once I got out of college, you know, going to the physical shops and picking up the ORU psychic books and there are no accidents. I don't know if you know that book. Um, mm-hmm. And when you were talking about your... Um, 
your blind psychic friend, you know, second sight, that book by uh, Judith Orloff. Um, it's yeah. amazing. You know, that just popped in. She had second right. sight, you know, she, mm-hmm. it came through right. in a different way. Um, right. So, yeah. So I just, yeah, I remember, you know, and getting exposed to uh, different religions and mm-hmm. I know that mm-hmm. you had a similar I did um, experience, you know, going and doing day long retreats, you know, uh, in, you know, Buddhism or, you know, uh, these different healing circles and things like that. Right. Right. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, so that's just, it's so cool. Um, but yeah, I, but you know, your, your acupuncture, you know, fits underneath that you utilize those, those skills, that intuitive sense, along with the framework that you have been given through your studies. Right. Um, I think, um, it was, I was really lucky in finding something where I could be within two worlds, um, as acupuncture Mm. I'm more acceptable in the mainstream and um my uh medical director at KU she said something and I had heard it before but she confirmed it that within western medicine acupuncture was more accepted because we had these instruments uh, and yeah it she said it actually almost was like a small type of surgery in the minds of western mm. mm-hmm sounds a bit outlandish to me I don't consider it that at all no in terms of why they accepted it and say not Reiki or Mm -hmm. even pressure um Mm -hmm. it is that there's this resistance that um to that intuitive piece of Mm -hmm. what you know what's innately part of um some of these older medical traditions like pulse taking is um it's like a scientific way to tap into your intuition mm-hmm. yeah you know so um so yeah I felt like I was I sort of was able to stay you know in the closet and but also in my work I'm I'm working in all of that same capacity mm-hmm. that um so I might so much not, not so much now but in the past I could work with people and really not ever talk about some of the stuff that seemed um like it wasn't conventional right Mm -hmm. um so I could use different language depending on you know who I think might be able to accept it and um Mm -hmm. I still do that to some extent because at the end of the day what I do is a service for other people right um but I think the second part of my spiritual awakening I realized that I really couldn't do that and stay true to myself mm-hmm. as much as I could uh, as I was before I had to talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. um my truth so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and you know and it is that 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 beautiful balance of um meeting people where they are you know and mm-hmm. um which is is a great skill to have because but also exposing people to um different uh you know awarenesses uh, that they may be feeling in their bodies 
or awarenesses that might be going on in their lives. So right. that's lovely, you know, and I know we kind of talked about also um, when we had children, um, uh, we saw, I mean, for me, I saw a lot of that, um, those gifts and abilities put kind of to the side because I was so mm -hmm. focused on my children as well as we moved to a more, um, we moved from the Midtown um, into a more conservative community. So for me, oh. it was kind of, for me, it was fitting in, um, I see. you know, oh. yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like all of, you know, I still was, you know, seeing uh, Quan, uh, an <laughs> astrologer, you know, once a year and working with, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember her name, uh, Dr. Christine Page. She's an amazing astrologer from the UK that does a lot of healing and spiritual awareness work as well. You know, so I've seen her whenever she was in town, going to her stuff, getting energy healing, you know, mm -hmm. different uh, uh, spiritual energy healing, more of the Barbara Brennan method um, yeah. and uh, using EFT and all these different things, but wasn't talking about it. Um, right. and, and it really, I don't know, if, uh, for you, I know for me, holding it back, um, caused some, uh, health issues, caused right. some big health issues. You know, I had autoimmune, um, yeah. issues that I was able to reverse using, you know, holistic wellness, um, acupuncture from you, you know, right. diet, EFT, energy work, you know, and making those shifts um, to help me, but, you know, kind of not really tapping into all of my true uh, wisdom, you know, at that right. point, did you kind of go through any of that type of? Um, I think so. I, I think in some ways, because um, I was, I was doing healing work, I did mm -hmm. have an outlet, mm -hmm. but for you, you know, when we first met, it was obvious to me being mm -hmm. sensitive that you also had abilities, right? Uh -huh. You know, and so I could see with um, how gifted you are, if you weren't actually able to put that into practice, it would be mm -hmm. almost stagnation in your energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking yeah. at from the TCM point of view, right. you know, uh, mm -hmm. definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I, so I, I do, I can relate to that. So as I was kind of trying to, um, I mean, to be honest, I, I never did super technical, like say sports acupuncture type mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. I was always talking about the mind, body and spirit, but nice. Mm -hmm. as I started going through, um, some of the things that I was going through, um, with my health, um, mm -hmm. I started becoming a little bit more. Uh, sharing more with my clients mm, mm -hmm. and I realized that what I was thinking was being professional with not sharing was really kind of blocking a um maybe some connections um mm. that people coming to me really wanted to hear voiced because they were mm -hmm. going through a lot of women you know and some women my age we're going through similar things and we just mm -hmm. didn't have a community where we could speak about them. So that's, I think that's where I realized it's very healing for us to be able to be authentic with what's happening with us. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And, and I know that you went through some pretty big things, you know, your late thirties, early forties. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, I was, I was about to say, I felt like that was kind of rambling, but no, uh, no, I did, I started getting headaches when I was 38. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's kind of many levels to things, you know, know, I know you did some of the pharmacy, you know, the, uh, supplements and nutrition in order mm-hmm. to heal yourself and you might go through a scientific way in order to see what's happening in your body mm-hmm. but like with me I knew that there was hormone changes but I also mm-hmm. knew there's a lot of um blockages in my energy centers especially mm-hmm. like my third eye and my crown and mm-hmm. my heart. um because I used to have migraines when I was a little girl Mm-hmm. eight years old mm-hmm. and when I look back I think um I was blocking some psychic abilities mm-hmm. um yep. and no one ever told me that it was wrong but I remember being in school and picking up energy from the teachers especially yeah mm-hmm. and sometimes it would make me sick or I would mm-hmm. you know I would feel like I needed to put I had my head down on the desk like all the time Mm because I always a little headache um and I just think that if I had um you know maybe had someone to tell me something about having energetic boundaries Mm -hmm. um I um probably wouldn't have had this that those things happen um because I also I also have a child who's sensitive, and so he mm-hmm. some of that when he was young, and we had this. I was happy to be able to <laughs> have those conversations with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and be more open about it because we experienced it, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I and I remember. Yeah, I remember. I if you look at it from the human designs perspective, I have an open G and Will Center, and G's all your identity, and I would identify with other people I could Mm -hmm. like basically slip into their identity didn't know what was going on so I was an anxious mess when somebody would get yelled at I would feel every piece of that because I could sense their you know their energy in that way and very similar to you and I think that the um you were talking about your headaches um, when you were a kid and then also, uh, in your late thirties, I really think that the autoimmune issues that I had was be, were trying to pull me back into my body. Cause I was living up in the sixth and seventh chakras because right. it was felt safer for me to stay up in there. Right. And I had to, when I pull myself in my body, it hurt, you know, cause right. it was chronic right. fatigue and fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm learning to be back in that is was important and I'm so glad that we're both sharing our perspectives because I think people are going to relate and resonate with uh, mm-hmm. these individual type of ways that um, we had coping strategies at the time you know right right and right. also uh, you know did all these different things um, for that and so we were kind of talking the other day uh, when the recording didn't happen. If you guys want to know, we uh, yeah. recorded this the other day and 
<laughs> we didn't record it, but we knew it would be even bigger and better when we came back. And when I was kind of talking through some of the astrological cycles and uh, Stephanie just kind of mentioned um, 38 years old. So when we're around 38 to 42, we're going through a Uranus opposition, which is um, Uranus is all about shift and change and these kind of these awakenings for us, things that are there to wake us up. And we have these cycles that we go through. Um, but Stephanie, you mentioned also that um, uh, from your workbook, you were talking about um, Jung's uh, second teenage. Go ahead. You you right. explain it. Um, well, in the, and I'm sorry if you can hear my oven timer go off. <laughs> it's fine. It is totally fine. Don't worry about it. These are little uh things about real the real life parts of recording from your house right <laughs> so it is totally fine okay um so I was reading about the three stages of the healing journey which mm -hmm. um from the Jungian standpoint and so it was really interesting to me to hear about the actual system of the archetypes and I mm. guess there were two schools of Jungians of Jung's um students mm -hmm. half of them went and formed the Myers-Briggs test and okay. that's really what we hear a lot of because it has a little bit more of a relatable practical application yes. mm -hmm. um all, I just saw I think on the surface it's like right you can, you can use it in like a corporate setting and, and it's obviously wonderful mm -hmm. um, and the archetypes are a little bit more esoteric, like they, I feel like are, you're going to meet them where you're at. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think they, they've kind of not become as popular. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. So anyway, this is what um, I've kind of connected the healing journey to mm -hmm. um, the energies of Chinese medicine. And so there's three stages, each containing four companions mm -hmm. in a healing journey. We have um, many of these healing journeys throughout our lives, mm -hmm. and some vary in length and importance. At times, one of the three stages will seem to be predominant, and other times, you might feel if you're living the very same journey over and over again, mm -hmm. which I I feel like I experienced that at the height of my physical symptoms. Yes. Uh-huh heard that from others too it's a very mm -hmm. frustrating part of this um cycle I think mm -hmm. um and it's always it's 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 always kind of like it gets worse before it gets better mm -hmm. it's almost like it um something's about to burst in your energetics <laughs> yes uh-huh um, so that's I don't know if that's comforting to anyone but I think it's a common experience um and so the first stage of any healing journey is the preparation stage and includes mm -hmm. the four companions. Um, and the, the, the stages move from the energy centers from the root to the crown. Mm -hmm. And as the, um, the movement goes from the root to the crown, you can also think of um, the root being birth and mm -hmm. then the being um, transitioning. Mm hmm so the preparation stage would be the inner family. Um, so the the inner child 
which is has two sides, the innocent and the orphan. Mm-hmm. And um, the two parents, the caretaker and the warrior. Mm-hmm. And then the second stage is called the sacred, sacred journey. And the companions are the lover, the seeker, the creator and the destroyer. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the, the adolescence, which we were just mm-hmm. talking about, the, the, that seeking stage when yeah. most of us leave home at various times, specific times, but we usually leave home mm-hmm. um, and try to create our own kind of world and mm-hmm. requires a lot of exploration. Uh-huh. And then the third stage is called the return um, and it contains the leader, the sage, the magician, and the common, the comic, I'm sorry. And in the third stage, typically we are integrating what we've learned and bringing it back to the collective mm-hmm. and as service. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, obviously keeping that wisdom for ourselves as well. But yeah. Yeah. So about that. That's, we all have different versions of that, but in general, most humans go through something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we have those, we have these opportunities within our lives, um, these, uh, these opportunities to take these journeys and go through these cycles. And mm-hmm. um, we in astrology and human design, we look at it from the Saturn return around 28 to 30. Um, mm-hmm. We look at it from the Uranus opposition. Um, and so utilize, and then, um, you know, if it's, it's that spiral, it's that beautiful healing spiral that we're always trying to get to this. I mean, it's not, uh, I mean, our ultimate goal, I, I don't like the word goal sometimes, um, because it's really, it's allowing ourselves to go through those spirals and those, um, you know, those, that journey of, from, you know, emphasy to the, um, kind of the transition of whatever healing crisis or awareness we, peace we're in, you know, and we have these opportunities to really work with it. And, um, you know, and for, so seeing people, going through this, you know, in midlife around 48 to 52, we have the Chiron return. And, you know, that's when our Mm -hmm. children are a a lot, if we haven't had them late in life, like you and I Mm -hmm. did, Mm -hmm. um, our children are going out of the house and we have this opportunity to make this next chapter. And we still do when the kids are there. Right. Um, And we are Mm -hmm. working it our way, aren't we? Yes. Uh, so I love, I love um, how your workbook talks about that and takes you through those four um, steps and stages. Um, so where do you feel like you are now with your, your journey? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm kind of settling into this, um, this stage of the return at the very beginning. Mm-hmm the beginning of it mm-hmm. I, it's um you had asked me last time like what kind of tools or yeah help. yeah I think this awareness of cycles from the natural world really mm-hmm. helps a lot and so just kind of like we have four predictable seasons you know if you live in a place where you have four seasons <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you can kind of say, okay, I'm in this season. It has mm-hmm. its gifts and its challenges. I'm mm-hmm. going to them. And I know at 
the end of the cycle, I'll get a chance to kind of rest from that work and have some other work and some other Mm -hmm. gifts and challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that really helps because I do find that we will cycle back to, I will have challenges that I know are rooted in my inner teenager sometimes. Right. Uh You know, and I'll find that I have this defiance to like, learning a lesson or doing the things that I know are good for me or uh-huh. some truths that are hard to handle. And maybe my inner child gets very, re- or sorry, adolescent gets very rebellious. Uh huh. But I think just um, being able to have a little bit perspective as an older person, mm-hmm. it does make it a bit easier. It's not that it's not hard. It's just a bit easier because you've had so many of those cycles. So it's not right. like, oh my gosh, what's happening? It's like, oh, I've been here before and, you know, things are getting incrementally better. And um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I do have more patience than I did even 10 years ago. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call myself a patient person, but I don't <laughs> have more patience than I did. Uh-huh. So I the gift of growing older too is having a little bit more patience. and. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, not and, taking yourself so seriously is also helpful. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, you we have more wisdom. We have gained mm-hmm. so much more wisdom and insight, and can, if we are staying present and aware, able to look back and go, "Oh yeah, I've been I I I've been at the stop sign before." Right. Um, how can I shift this? Um, is this just another layer or is this something I need to go deeper into um, right. and kind of look at it? Um, and yeah, and then, and you build kind of a toolbox for yourself. Um, right. So um, what kind of tools um, do you use? Uh, I know you've talked about awareness and patience. Do you right, have right. any tools that you go to? Obviously, you said you kind of went back, you wrote this in 2018, right. and you kind of started working it again, it sounds like. Right, I have. Um, I think I, I didn't necessarily talk about health uh, tools in the health mm-hmm. tool in mm-hmm. the book, but I think for me, um, navigating as a female the perimenopausal mm-hmm. years um mm-hmm. I became a lot better listening to my body mm-hmm. which I'll take that as a win mm-hmm. um and so you know we have I, I show me I show my patients this diagram of the chart of the hormones between I think it's like age 32 and 40 mm-hmm. and when people say they feel like they just feel like they've lost control of their body and they, Mm. they felt like they used to understand um, what's happening with their body, but there's no rhyme or reason. And you Mm. look at what hormones are doing and it, there's a visual there of, Mm -hmm. it just looks like, um, you know, these sharp ups and downs of progesterone, Mm -hmm. estrogen, testosterone, Mm -hmm. all at the same and they look very different every month and for mm-hmm. every woman mm-hmm. um, and so I think listening to my body became key and and I couldn't just do the same kind of exercise every day mm-hmm. or eat the same foods every day right mm-hmm. um, 
exercise in particular, I think I had to find this balance of um, yang exercise where I was moving my energy Mm -hmm. and not getting, wouldn't feel stuck physically or emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also gentle stretching and things where I was being more yin with my body and more Mm -hmm. of a feminine flow. Mm -hmm. So I still... Um, I still listen to my body when it comes mm-hmm. to that. Um, but I feel like it's very hard because people want, myself including, you want to know what is the right way to exercise? What is the right, quote, right way to eat? Mm-hmm. Um, and let me just do that. Um, yeah. I think maybe yeah, a quick more, fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so... I think that's, it's very hard for women in particular for us to listen to our body because um, we have this model of masculine energy and masculine Mm. health. um, Mm, Yes. uh, Masculine movement in the world. Um, And so I'm not alone in thinking like there's something inherently wrong with resting during my period say and not doing a heavy you know not doing five days right and that there that means that I should somehow try to transcend my body's needs for rest Mm -hmm. um like that's the ultimate goal and so you always feel like you're lacking in some way Mm -hmm. you're not feel like you're not keeping up so I feel like that's just one example of where I I think Mm -hmm. I came to terms with um I was never going to quote, quote, keep up to whatever this um, mm-hmm. mythical sort of right. race, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I remember in my late thirties reading um, the book, I think it was the red tent Oh about yeah, about that, mm-hmm. you know, the beautiful uh, honoring of our cycles, the natural right. cycles. And I think that's where we've gotten so away from tapping into that intuition and our natural rhythms and um, all of those things. And yeah, that those awarenesses that are part of, you know, our, our lives, you know, mother earth has its cycles. It has, like you said, it has the seasons. It has these things that um, are like these markers for us to go, okay, we're like, we're in winter right now. We are still, you know, we're in midwinter right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we just had Imbolc, which um, was St. Bridget's Day. And it's just that peaking out. But we're still supposed to be doing that inner work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the foods allow us to do that. You know, they're they're um, more starchy and they're, you know, they're the winter squashes and all those things. So right. tapping into that's so important. So um, I love that piece that you you talked about, you know, tapping into those, you tap into your natural rhythms. Right, right. Uh, and allow uh, that. I think actually, you know, during the peak of my migraines, mm-hmm. it's so very disruptive. I almost don't like to talk about it because I like it that the fact that it's in the rearview mirror, but, um, but, but then there's another big piece of me going, I really know that that there was so much wisdom inherent in me working through where the migraines were coming from they caused me to slow down I had to Mm reevaluate um 
where my energy was going in terms of Mm -hmm. work. And I had to kind of come to this um, moment of reckoning with my work-life balance. Um, Mm -hmm. And all those things were very necessary. And Mm -hmm. who knows whether I would have come to those conclusions without, well, I may have, but I think it would have happened later. Um, You know, so it, it was, I, I, and I hear a lot of people with autoimmune conditions and other mm-hmm. health issues saying it was like, it really was a gift. I wouldn't give, I wouldn't have given that up. Um, and part of the migraines was tracking my cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, they happened at, at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I also found that I was having um, different dreams at different times of my cycle. And some of those dreams were, um, uh, lucid dream. I was having mm-hmm. lucid dreams mm-hmm. without, I wasn't trying to, or I, mm-hmm. I wasn't exploring that, but, um, I was having messages and mm-hmm. big, I actually had this whole story come through my dreams. Mm-hmm. At one. Um, so I, I got really curious about dreams and started mm-hmm. diving deep into my dreams mm-hmm. too. Because there is so much wisdom in our dreams, you know, there's so much symbolism Mm -hmm. that we can um, tap into and help us. They're here as guides. All of these things are here as guides if we will tap into them. Yeah. So you, you did, was there a certain book that you used or is there somebody you followed or? So I, um, I did some classes with a woman her name mm-hmm. is Topo Pa Turner, and she's a young, she's by trade a Jungian. Um, she did dream interpretation, mm-hmm. but she was also a writer. She is a writer, and she wrote mm-hmm. this book, um, Belonging. If anyone wants to mm-hmm. look her up, but when she interprets dreams, um, she doesn't have like a a key in terms of like, if you see shoes, it means this. If you see an eagle, it means this. Um, mm-hmm. She teaches you about the different types of dreams that you can have and then um, encourages you to uh, tap into the, to your, the language of your own dreams. So mm. the idea is like your like maybe for you, a shoe means something because mm-hmm of some your association to shoes someone Mm -hmm. else else and so um so I did dream journaling was was really helpful and I did um a course with her Mm -hmm. as well which was um I think whenever you focus on anything it intensifies the experience and so Uh um yeah but she does one I think bit of wisdom that she has is she talks about the dream fragment So Mm. a lot of folks say that they don't remember their dreams Mm -hmm. um, or that they don't dream at all. Mm -hmm. And so she talks about this concept of the dream fragment. So if you wake up and um, I'm just thinking, I'm just saying random things, but say you wake up and Mm -hmm. remember that um, there was a car, you know, in the last thing you remembered is you just saw a Mm -hmm. car, but you don't really remember the dream. Um, she says that that's enough. So she kind of talks a lot about like the enoughness of like mm. what you are experiencing and like mm-hmm. what your um, subconscious is 
telling you mm-hmm. and that you you can kind of it's like pulling a string you know you you think about you write about the car and then before you know it you maybe you have an emotion that's attached to that mm-hmm. and then that encourages your you're like wooing the dream life kind of mm-hmm. you know yeah and so you have more of those experiences um mm-hmm. because you're focusing on it and I I found that that was true for me so mm-hmm. yeah and when we can do that when when you do like you were journaling it you know you do you tap into that innate wisdom of what's going on you know and allowing if anybody uh free writing or journaling is so helpful and you just let yourself let it flow out Mm-hmm. And there, the insights are amazing. So I, I pulled up the book so I, so that I can tell okay. everybody it's, uh, uh Pa Turner belonging, remembering ourselves home. Yes. And so that's, that's the name of the book. I just wanted everybody to know it. I will put that in the podcast notes as well. Cause I think that's uh, really helpful as another modality for tapping into ourselves and right. tapping into that. Um, for me, my toolbox was, uh, you know, I used, um, you know, energy healing, you know, when I would, when something would come up, I uh, would tap in and go, okay, what's going to be my best way of um, working with this energy or working with this memory and seeing mm-hmm. where, you know, what is the archetype or the theme behind it? And, you know, seeing if it was EFT or if I needed to talk to my therapist or whatever, you know, because mm-hmm. I have a, you know, I monthly, you know, have a toolbox that I utilize so that I stay in integrity since, you know, I'm working with energy healing clients, hypnotherapy clients, you know, as well as nutrition and, um, you know, mindfulness. So I'm, I'm utilizing these uh, modalities to keep myself in, uh, I call it spiritual hygiene, um, yeah. you know, and keeping myself yeah. in integrity. And I know that you do that as well. Um, right. you know, and you can do free things, you know, like, you know, mindfulness work and all those different things. Um, but for me in my line, I always, um, for me, I, I know that for me to be as present and as aware as I can be, I have to do certain things um, to keep myself there. Right. Um, so I love that. So you did that. Yeah. And, and I love that you, because you've been in the, in this business with acupuncture that you have been able to, um, you know, just let it kind of flow, you know, and, right. you know, tap into that wisdom, um, of your headaches and seeing that it is the, uh, you know, multi-layered it is the hormones but it was some other themes that were going on as well right and, and I really go ahead I was going to say journaling was um I, I think that's it's almost kind of universal I feel like at a certain point if you can't talk it out then it works its way talk it out or write it out you know mm-hmm. um you're either going to act it out or it will act out in your body if you don't exactly have but for it Exactly. Um, yeah. Issues are in the tissues. You know, right, I was, right. I was, yeah, I was listening to a podcast today with Tara Brock and she was talking about the issues in the, t- in the tissues. Mm-hmm. And right. it's so true. If you're not getting them out, if you're letting them fester inside of you, of course, they're going to show up as dis-ease. And I'm right. talking the DIS 
hyphen ease, you know, and, and, yeah. but, and also the literal disease as well. So um, it's important to get that moving. Um, and Stephanie does that through, you know, you get the chi moving with the um, acupuncture and right. um, really help people in that way. So another thing that we kind of talked about mm -hmm. um, was, you know, really um, personal responsibility and really right. making sure um, because when we're getting triggered um, mm -hmm. during these these awakenings or just in general in life, I think um, right. there is a tendency to bury it. I mean, we saw that mm -hmm. in the 80s, you know, you just mm -hmm. you show up you better show up, you know, and be ready to compete. Suit up. <laughs> suit up. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And that suit is a man. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, you have these, again, like you're talking about these cycles um, mm -hmm. and just really taking personal responsibility for that growth um, because the other side is so much clearer. It doesn't always get easier per se, yeah. you know, but it does. Um, I think um, I was at uh, one of the tools I've been exploring lately is breath work. Ooh, nice. Okay. And um, I think I thought I knew what breath work was mm -hmm. um, from my experience with uh, pranayama mm. through yoga. And that was something that um, my dad actually taught me when I was uh, younger. He would use that as. Um, we he studied judo and we all studied judo with him okay and so he was a, a, a teacher of judo and mm -hmm. um as a warm-up he would do um yoga mm -hmm. and at cool down he would do more of like the um pranayama and mm -hmm. shavasana mm -hmm. and so um I kind of had exposure to that and um because of that I had a pretty good I'd use my breath for different reasons, like mm -hmm. natural childbirth and mm -hmm. uh, pain and exercise and stuff. But um, the breath work is different where you're basically trying to create an altered state in your nervous system. Ooh, okay. And so um, you use different breath patterns that kind of, you're kind of, um, you're getting your sympathetic nervous system to engage Mm -hmm. but you're in your body's in this passive state this is my own interpretation mm -hmm. of it mm -hmm. and so it can kind of bring up other incidents of when mm -hmm. your system was in fight or flight and you suppress it oh nice uh-huh so it comes out while you're doing these uh rapid breath patterns and it's a cycle so then the facilitator might like slow you down mm -hmm. and then you kind of do that again and it's just this I can't completely understand, explain how it works, but mm -hmm. you will have sometimes physical or emotional releases during the process of it. Nice. Uh -huh. So um, after the session, I, I just, she asked if anyone wanted to share and people were sharing and mm -hmm. um, I just had uh, a lot of gratitude for the sharing that happened and the, re mm. the relationship that I had. And I was just expressing my gratitude and also my gratitude to the circle because um Hugh and I were talking about I think there's this field of healing in Chinese medicine we'll call it like the chi field of mm. when um 
know, even in Christianity, they say like when, when one or more gathered in his name, yes. you know, so I do think there's this amplification of healing mm-hmm. when we've all showed up with the intention of heal in the same space, healing. Yes. Space. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I just was giving them thanks for that. And um, I also said, you know, this work, thank you for showing up because this work is not easy. No. You know, no. It's, it's hard to do this. And mm-hmm. um and it's also you you also don't have a choice. It's like once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Right. Right. And you can kind of resist it, mm-hmm. but once you know you're you've seen and your your energetics are kind of on a certain vibration, mm-hmm. anything less than that causes that disease in the body. Exactly. Um such a and, good point. I mean, that's kind of what I like. And it's it's not about judgment, I no. think. It's just more, and I think sometimes people, um, and I'm sure I've been there myself, but they can think that you're you're on a pedestal or that they've not reached a certain level mm. of healing. But like, I, I can't drink alcohol or coffee or mm. have foods of a certain quality because it just makes me super sick. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's because I've been doing this work for so long. That's what I mm-hmm. think anyway. Where I'm sometimes envious that people can just sort of eat and operate the way they want to, you know. And yep. it's um it's not really that I have more willpower than other people. I just Mm-mm. I have more of a consequence of it. So yeah, and that's part that, that there's a spiritual level to that too, I think. Mm-hmm. Because, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and maybe you can explain that in a different way of just like, once you're bringing things that are, that are like a denser or different vibration into mm-hmm. your body, your energy field, um, there's like a disconnect and it, it sets alarms off in your system mm-hmm. somehow. No, and you're explaining it really well. And it's so true because I'm kind of the same way. I, I still mm-hmm. drink coffee, but I drink a coffee that is so clean nice. um, and I don't, but I don't drink like you know, a whole pot, you know, I have my cup of coffee and yeah. And, and it is when, when our, when we have shifted our awareness and our vibration, those denser vibrational foods are not going to sit with us. Well, you know, the fried foods, the, you know, the foods that just really don't work for us, you know, and, you know, and the, but, you know, like I know for me and um, I'll let you uh, share yours, but, you know, I noticed that um, when I stay and eat my colors and try and Mm -hmm. eat pretty seasonally, because I listen to my body because right now my body's saying, Ooh, I want a little more starch. I need a Mm -hmm. little bit more complex carbs but I'm going to keep the color and I'm going to have my berries and things like that. And I'm going to eat my pasture-raised meats, you know, right. but they're smaller mm-hmm. amounts than I used to eat of pasture-raised meats. I found right. that it was, I found that those meats were very grounding to my body. And there are some days when I do need a larger amount when I'm needing that grounding. Right. Um, but yeah, if I try, you know, um, if I have a glass of wine, I notice that if it's not mm-hmm. clean, a mm-hmm. clean, organic, bioavailable wine, I, mm-hmm. I'm, from the first sip, it'll like right. mm, 
and and um and I can tell the liver is not happy with that anyway right. so I really avoid it as well um yeah and have it only every once in a while but it is I think it's those lower vibrational things um and if we look at them those are the thing I think that's where we we get we hide in that stuff we uh mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's the right word but we you know the, the when we're stuck sometimes you know we get yeah. it's kind of stuck and yeah. so to you know shift out of that um you know eating a certain way is is good and yeah and having that toolbox like you were talking about your breath work that's so lovely that um you can shift through things because there are so many modalities out there you need to people need to know that they um uh, there are things that they can go do they don't have to do the hypnotherapy or the EFT they can go do breath work right. or they can right. do somatic healing or constellation work whatever resonates right. with them and i think yeah. that's the important thing because then again we can get stuck in that overthinking of oh my gosh there's so much information here i don't know which one um and that's why i always tap in and go okay do i need an EFT session with my friend Judy or do I, uh, can I journal this out or do I just need mm-hmm. to go meditate and take myself in right. to that memory and work with it? You know, so I think that's very important. Um, and I know I got off the whole, the whole vibration thing, but really yeah. it isn't. <laughs> it's, no, it's... I think, I think it's what I was kind of acknowledging with this group is, um, mm-hmm. and I think I was probably the oldest one there. <laughs> so it was like, I feel like it just needs to be said that um, it's not an easy path to be on. Um, And that we live in a culture that doesn't support, um, doesn't support this path. Mm -hmm. It it maybe doesn't actively discount it, but, um, you know, there's so many of these vibrations um, with like media and conditioning like you and I were talking about which mm-hmm. is um I think so challenging because um mm-hmm. there's this illusion of safety inherent in that mm-hmm. and um I know um I struggle with that because mm-hmm. um you know in terms of uh like material wealth and the security mm-hmm. you, you you always have to find this balance of you know, where if you you if you have the tendency to be a visionary, like you're looking generations forward, mm-hmm. where you want to move in in that a certain direction. Mm-hmm. That's very different from where we are right now. <laughs> right, right. So, um, but there are you know there are people out there like us who are we are working on this, and yes, it right. isn't an easy path, and it is that spiral of healing that goes on. Um, but as you said, when you can find your community, when you find yeah. your people, um, it can be really helpful and they can, you know, help you within that group. 
um, like in the yeah. breathwork group and, or, you know, I, I host a monthly sacred Sunday sessions where we gather to talk about these type of things mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, and you are doing a lot out in the community as well. Um, and I love mm-hmm. that. Can you talk a little bit about what you're, you're doing, um, community wise? I know, cause yeah. that's a big focus for you. Right. It is. Um, so I've been doing the the last few group sessions I've had, they've had kind of different seasonal flavors. Okay. For the most part, we're connecting to um, the heart channel and Chinese Mm. medicine. Mm -hmm. And so the heart channel has its um, kind of admin staff of a different (laughs) meridians. I love it. It has this the small intestine mm-hmm. stores um, content that the heart experiences mm-hmm. and the, the Sanjiao, which um, connects the different um, substances that the heart is creating or needing to maintain. So blood and fluids and things like that mm-hmm. um, and connects and communicates those to the other organ systems. Mm-hmm. So, but in terms of the energetics, the um, it made sense to me for us to work on our heart meridian when we're in a group of other people because mm, we have, mm-hmm. you know, conditioning that kind of has us put up a guard when we're in a public setting. Yeah. Makes it very difficult to have um, nowhere like proper boundaries versus mm-hmm. like exploring what vulnerability in a safe space would feel like Mm -hmm. and so um and plus just working with these points of the heart money just they're very calming and they Mm. help um release um endorphins and dopamine and feel-good hormones in the body Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of giving an experience of doing those things and having a learning around those things in a group. And then these are also tools that um, people can use at home Yeah, as well. Um, and so I did one that was about the BIMAO, which is, it was a woman's circle. And we talked about the connection between the heart energy and the uterus oh. um, and the uterus as a second heart, which mm. is the, way the Chinese kind of see it. Um, and then this one I'm doing up near Valentine's Day, we are doing a um, group community acupuncture on self-heal- self-healing or self-love. Oh, self-love. I love that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, what's the date on that? So it's February 11th. It's just, it's next Saturday from um, 1 to 2.30 at Wild Roots, which is a movement studio and healing center in Shawnee on Johnson Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, Wild Roots is spelled with a Y at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, tickets are bought through, um, Amy Conley is the owner, um, through Wild Roots, her okay. website. And um, I'll put that and- in the notes, yeah. Oh, cool. Thanks, Heather. Uh-huh. So yeah, I plan on doing more of those. And they're just kind of like my my heart project, I guess, which is... Uh-huh funny that I'm working with people on the heart meridian but it's so true because that 
you know, when you were talking about it and having a group of people is that heart coherence. Everybody is tapping into that, which seems like it would bring more healing. Right. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it came to me during COVID because mm. I hadn't, I don't think I realized how much we needed each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh And um, then I was working through COVID and people were just um, how much our energies were disrupted by Mm. not able to have connection with other people. Mm -hmm. I I think it was, um, I think a a lot of people had like ahas about that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I said was like, if and when we ever get through this, um, I want to do more group and community. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, people are craving it, you know. Right. I mean, it's it's a, it's it's part of who we are. I mean, mm-hmm. the way, uh, you know, since the beginning of time, you know, when once we were in more of that, uh, you know, you know, clans. I mean, there were clans right. even, you know, it's community it takes a village you know right. always comes to me it takes a village yep. to take to raise our kids to be um to have our groups you know and it's so important for that to happen so I love that mm-hmm. you're doing that and you are really creating that community for people yeah so. I, don't, I don't think we're supposed to do any of this on our own mm-hmm. like just think that that's part of this illness or sickness Mm-hmm. in our culture is right um that really we were isolated before um lockdown mm-hmm. and lockdown just really showed us how much we were on the teetering on the edge anyway mm-hmm. yeah out of balance you yeah know, yeah and I think that. we it's it's not it's not like optional I feel like when we hear other people's story and we see ourselves in it um we really are able to up level and there's you know something in us that wants to um share and be of service Mm -hmm. um and I think when we're just caught in our own stories and we don't realize there's a resonance between Mm -hmm. our stories Mm -hmm. uh, we can just get stuck in this loop of um not being able to reach our potential. Yeah. And I love that. And this is a perfect segue because we did want to talk about, um, you know, shifting the narrative, shifting our stories. Right. Um, Yeah. And I talk a lot with my clients about shifting the narrative and Mm -hmm. shifting things when we work, when we do hypnotherapy or emotional release work, um, whether it be around the foods we eat or what's going on in our lives. Um, you know, I think it's so important and you talk about that also in your book. So, Mm -hmm. and I think you had some stuff, you, uh, some, uh, knowledge and wisdom you would like to share from that. Right. Um, I'm kind of trying to think of which piece of this would be, because we have talked about different versions of it uh-huh. um, so I think maybe this would be helpful mm-hmm. um, 
so it's kind of talking about the biology of healing. Mm -hmm. And I think I'll just start here. So Mm -hmm. um, when a person is stressed, we know that one of the ways they cope is to compartmentalize and encapsulate the story they believe caused the stress. Um, This is biology and part of our innate survival mechanism. So because of the stress response, the substance, truth, and the beautiful strength of our own stories can remain hidden even from ourselves. Mm. Um, And then our collective response to all of the traumas humankind has endured is the same. And along with our grief wanting to be released, we have buried deep within us the amazingly rich and powerful stories and imagery which offers us physical, psychological, and spiritual healing and growth. Um, So do you mind if I go on? No, go ahead. No, this (laughs) is great. This is really good because it's, it's, I think it's important for us to hear this because it, you know, in all these different modalities, shifting the narrative is a big theme of this and unlocking those layers of conditioning. And so, yeah, go ahead. I think it pins down why we want to do things like journaling mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. why we want to tell her, you know, hear our stories reflected in a group. Yeah. Um, so um, before our brain can integrate information, it must create a pattern in order to find meaning in our experiences. These brain patterns have taken on a similar shape, which transcends time, culture, race, class, and gender. Uncovering our own stories using self-reflection and the hidden companions within them can help us meditate on our own resilience, understand we're in control of our own destiny, move away from maladaptive strategies, and potentially repattern our brain. Um, When we take ownership of our stories, we free up vast territories of our imagination that we unwittingly allow to be hijacked. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It taught, you know, you, you really circle back to that ownership and personal responsibility. And, it, you know, that's just lovely because, uh, you know, it's so important, you know, we have, we put up protective mechanisms mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to, to keep ourselves safe, keep our inner child safe. And um, so working through that is beautiful. And I love that you shared that from your workbook. Um, and again, yeah. that is Totem Companions, Mastering the Archetypes and the Five Elements Within You. And that's available right. on Amazon. Yes. And so it talks a little bit in a, I'm, you know, it's a, it gets a little bit heady, but it's basically talking about where those patterns can get stuck in your body. Mm, um and how those um, symptoms can be like how migraines for me and mm-hmm. for fibromyalgia for you, mm-hmm. looking back now, it was like a arrow pointing us in a certain gen- general vicinity of our energy right. that needed to be explored. Definitely. Um, yeah. And how sometimes symptoms can morph throughout this, um, this journey too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, not that it's a, um, you know, it's, I don't think there's anything to fix. That's something that I'm learning. Right, like, right. To learn now. It's not that there's anything to fix, but it can make things, um, you know, easier. You yeah. Know, just if I, you know, I'm looking at things through this lens, I'd like to share it. And then, you know, sharing with someone like you who knows about human design and mm-hmm 
there's so many, I think our path kind of dictates sometimes what, um, that, how that information will come through. Yeah. That's why every path looks so different. Exactly. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is why I have this podcast because I want people to know that it's not just me as a practitioner. It is Mm -hmm. you and the work that you're doing. It is all these people that I've Mm -hmm. invited on who may have your, be one of your uh, benchmarks on your path to healing, you know, and shift and transformation. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's so lovely that you said that and you shared that piece of your book. So Stephanie, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm glad that we got to share the space together and talk about this really important thing because, you know, community is so important and you're not alone. I think that's the Mm -hmm. huge message here. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not alone. Reach out, reach out to Stephanie, reach out to whoever right um, you resonate with um to to get you on that path to healing and your everybody's path is slow fast whatever it looks like for you i mean ours unfolded over oh my gosh 30 years 35 years you know so it doesn't have to be you know this you know one shot kind of thing so i you know if i could say one thing to people it's to trust your intuition mm-hmm. and listen to your own inner guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think it has to look a certain way. Um, and also, you know, there are trends in everything, even mm-hmm. in the wellness field and in the field of um, personal development. So maybe what's popular right now doesn't resonate for you that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean there's something wrong with you and there may be something that was popular 10 20 30 years ago that works for you that's Mm -hmm. fine too so exactly oh I love that thank you for sharing that because it's so true because it is I think I mean it's it's our society we're looking for that bright shiny thing to Mm -hmm. tell us how to fix and I yeah you sharing that it is trust your intuition um, and explore mm-hmm. and try things. Life right. is an experiment, you know, seriously, you know, yeah. I did, I didn't resonate with, you know, certain things. I tried them out and I was like, oh, no, this doesn't work for me. Oh, okay. I see. And I found that other path, or there might be things on your path that you resonate with for a while. And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm done with it. And you can let that go and go, oh, okay. That was part, that was part of this, you know, yeah. this part of my healing. And then I moved on to this. So, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, um, yeah. Stephanie. I think that's really so important. So this has been the Integra podcast where we talk about wisdom, wellness, and woo. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and know that everything that we talked about uh, books, book-wise will be in the podcast notes if you didn't catch it as it went by. So catch you next time. Today's podcast is brought to you by Integra Holistic Wellness, home of the Integra Wellness Method. At Integra Holistic Wellness, we recognize that you are made up of four integral parts, body, mind, spirit, and soul purpose. When you work with an Integra Holistic Wellness mentor, you'll be guided how to integrate these four parts of your being through nutrition and movement, mindfulness, and emotional release. 
connection to others and your higher self and your soul's true purpose. To find out more and connect with Heather, contact her at support at integraholisticwellness.com. That's support at integraholisticwellness.com. You can also catch her on Instagram and Facebook at Integra Holistic Wellness. That's I-N-T-E-G-R-A Holistic Wellness.